Welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 290. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Star Trek Discovery's fourth season episodes, Galactic Barrier and Rosetta. Here we go. The Galactic Barrier, season four, episode 10. Original release date, February 24th, 2022. Directed by Deborah Kempmeyer, written by Anne Coffell Saunders. Guest cast include Oded Fair as Charles Vance, David Cronenberg as Kovic, Sean Doyle as Ron Tarka, Chella Horsdahl as Laura Roilak, Tara Rosling as Tarina, Annabelle Wallace as Zora, Hirogen Kanazawa as Dr. Hiraj, Fumzal Sutol as Nadoye, Osric Chow as Oros, Emily Kutz as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwakshun as Gen Reese, Oyan Oladejo as Joanne O'Shakun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as R.A. Bryce, Sarah Minich as Nilsson, Orville Cummings as Christopher, and David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus. The time has come with the new dark matter anomaly even more powerful and churning space faster than its predecessor. The Federation and Starfleet prepare to voyage outside the galaxy and make contact with species 10C. Meanwhile, ready to drop Rune off at a pre-war planet as punishment for destroying the first DMA, Booker soon realizes that the scientists' expertise will be needed to make the voyage through the galactic pair, which will require a supply of programmable antimatter to protect any ship from the conditions present at the galaxy's edge. Whatever we think we know about species 10C, we're wrong. However we think first contact will go, it won't. The fact that the DMA controller was destroyed, then reappeared, tells us nothing concrete. Our mere arrival could be perceived as an act of aggression. We did attack their technology with an isolated weapon. We did not. Taka and Booker acted unilaterally. How would the 10C know the difference? We have to find a way to communicate the distinction. Isn't that what all these translators are for? No, they're here in case you feel like translating confirmation bias from Federation standard into Klingon. <laughs> okay, Steve, get us going on the Galactic Barrier. Did you guys notice David Cronenberg was in this episode? Oh, yeah? Who? Uh, so, yeah. So, to be honest, I had to like reread the synopses of these two episodes like 15 times to keep straight what happened, which ones, and to differentiate them. There, I mean, there are things that are that are nice. It, it usually it's it's the characters we we like, you know, um, Colbert, Saru, um, you know, the the thing with Saru and uh, Tarina, and uh, so on and so forth. But I feel like it's kind of getting into this zone that we've seen before in this series, where it kind of gets toward the end of a, ser- a season. And it, it's like they're stretching things out and making up new stuff just to f- fill in space or whatever. And um, a lot of techie stuff, you know, uh, like things like programmable antimatter and the barrier. And then we're at another layer of the barrier and then another planet within the barrier to do some other thing before we move on and so forth. So that, that stuff kind of gets tiresome and I kind of lose track of where it is. I mean, we've, we had a few good character moments. Um, yeah, the stuff with Kovic is cool. That always is. It's kind of curious what's what he's up to and what's going on behind the scenes there. But you know, overall, I, I felt it was kind of a bit of a slog just getting through this. It's it, it doesn't. It feels like it's kind of fallen off since they were at the um, you know half season hiatus thing. Yeah, Tarka has a plan to get antimatter for shields to get into the galactic barrier. It's there's uh, it's just so. 
Oh, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot. The techie stuff and the plan is so convoluted. I'm going to have more bigger complaints about that in the next one, I think. But uh, Adam, your first thoughts on the galactic barrier? I don't think I minded as much as you guys. I enjoyed the inter-character play. I mean, there's a couple different things going on here. You got you got Book and Tarka. They're going through their situation where Book is learning about Tarka's past or and and all and what he went through in prison camp and the person that he you know befriended with and became partners with. Um, and then you have um, Burnham and the president. They're going through their things, their connect, their connections. You have Saru and the um, Navarre president. So I, I do think there's connections in this episode. It's more of a character. I felt like it's a more of a character-based um, episode in in that respect. I don't. I, I agree with you. There wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot going. It was basically a race to get to the DMA, and you know, let's see how interesting we can make it. And it's not really even a you know we don't even. S- Getting into the next episode, we don't even see how Book and Tarka got through it, but it, I, I, that was I agree that really wasn't that interesting because it really didn't have anything to kind of do with what the story was was, and it was an inter to me it was an interpersonal episode about these characters and how they relate to each other and how they come come to common ground and um and and bond with each other. I don't know every every time it cut to um Tarka's prison buddy flashbacks. I mean, that, I don't know. It was just one of those things. It was like I saw, I saw it coming. You know, there was every bit of that we've seen a million times before, and I felt like it was a slog. And every time I would cut back to it, I, I didn't even bother to hope that there was going to be some something interesting or surprising happen in it, and there wasn't. I think the problem with it is his target. He's not. I, what, how would you describe him as a character? You know, I, I don't see him coming back in a fifth season. So, you know, there was a lot of focus on him, which they could have done in a shorter amount of time and spent more time on other characters, like um, the Saru and the, the president, I think would have been more interesting. So I'll give you that. They spent way too much time on Tarka for the level of character that he is. He's interesting, but he's he's just... Well, when he, they introduced him, he was supposed to be an a-hole. That's all he was. You know, he was right. just the the character stirring things up and you know obviously they had plans to do more but maybe they just introduced him wrong but i mean i was i was at first happy when it was like oh they're, they're trying to get a little deeper with him you know there were some interesting things but i don't know it was just i just the the, the prison flashbacky stuff i just boy i felt and it, and it felt cheap you know it was like two people in a room and the prison roommate it sounded like um gray it's <laughs> like the voice. I'm sure it wasn't, but it sure sounded like that. And it didn't like fit with the way the person looked somehow. I don't know. I just, I kind of wanted to just skip over every one of those scenes to be honest. I think generally when they, when they've had success in this season early on, when they had some quality episodes, it's been a little more contained and they focus on a character or two and some, some story, something that's, you know, focuses on a pairing or one character or, or whatever. And then when they, when they've consistently, when they've gone, when it's gone poorly is, is these kind of things where they're, it's mostly just 
pushing the plot along with little little tiny narratives to, to try to make it convoluted or whatever to get from A to B, B to C, etc. And then like it feel it, it just does not feel organic the stuff they put in there with characters in this. Every every time, even when it's even when it's quality stuff, even when we like to see uh, Saru and Tarina or um, what's Kovach up to in his conversations or um, you know, Colbert, I, all this stuff, they're good scenes, but they feel like they just drop them into the middle of something that's not so good. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel organic. I think it's, it's worked better when they build around those things instead of insert those things into their convoluted mess. Cause this reminds me of a lot of last season. This episode does. I, I think there's a little bit of repetition. Okay. So, um, book and, you know, target, they fail. And so now they're devising a new plan. So it's kind of like a repeat of what they did. They they failed to destroy the DME. So that's kind of my problem. It's like, why don't you give them something new to do or give them a new path instead of like... Yeah, it starts off, Tarka has to convince Book that he has this new plan. And you're like, well, if there was any sort of rationality here, book is going to respond differently this time right after they so colossally screwed it up before but he doesn't he's just in, in three seconds flat he's like okay let's do let's it let's do it all again you know um and I, i'm gonna have again i'm gonna have more stuff to say i think in the next episode when there's more specific like parallel scenes but i did like the uh the saru and the navarre president uh, I've said before, I kind of like that little pairing. There's some, it's it's minor, but aside from the fact that it feels like weird timing, in fact, the whole bit about, you know, uh, we'll be leaving in a couple of hours after my crew has a chance to say their goodbyes. Like, well, that's awfully pessimistic. You don't have a lot, you don't have a lot of faith in this mission, do you? <laughs> we can't leave yet. We have to tell everybody we're going to die, I guess. But you know, it's the kind of so it's that kind of thing where like, I just try to forget about the context of it all. But you know, I like that that Saru speaks up to her, you know, and, and tells her he has feelings for her and stuff. You know, perhaps there could be something more here than a friendship. They'll try to squeeze that into the last two episodes, a whole, a whole relationship in, mm-hmm. in 12 hours. I did roll my eyes a little bit. The, the Admiral sends the message saying the DMA is in the Alpha Quadrant. It's going to destroy Navarre and Earth in three days. Convenient. And Discovery is our only hope. And that scene, I was like, Ugh, what do you know? What, yeah. What, here we go again. Only discovery. What what luck? And and, and convenient is going to take on Earth and Vulcan or Navarre. And Navarre, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's like, err. <laughs> I'll tell you what's our only hope: strange new worlds. <laughs> they promise they're not going to be saving the universe every season. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, like kind of at the end, the president makes that announcement to this crew, and there's all these like dramatic shots of people's faces and push-ins and it's like oh my god the dma is like and i i kind of didn't feel anything i don't know i i feel like i'm trashing this episode it's not it's not bad it's fine the episode's fine they're definitely worse episodes. sure well as we said before sometimes just totally mediocre is worse than bad at least you get some kind of comedy relief out of these things that are just laughable weird this is just like same old same old same old thing if this episode was 30 minutes shorter and they cut out all but one of the tarka prisoner flashbacks i bet i would like it more i really do it's still puzzling to me that they 
they're so consistent with their timing when they don't have any such constraints being on a streamer. Right. We've yeah. seen other not Star Trek shows on on other services and stuff do different things and you know and what feels like doing whatever's best for the show and the story and stuff and it doesn't feel like that, you know. Like we really didn't need to cut back to the prison that many times. Even if it had been good. <laughs> I don't know. So the galactic barrier that's you know that's obviously from I mean it's from the original series. I I don't think there's so this is kind of one of the things that kind of bothers me. I don't think there actually is a galactic barrier in the Milky Way, so it's like like bad science to me and then it looks like these, you know, and it it looked cool, but I mean it wasn't a very cool sequence. Does that make sense? It's like what are these little cell it's just, you know, science, you know, I've always enjoyed a lot of Star Trek I enjoy because yeah, they take liberties with science, but I mean they kind of stay in the realm of actual science. And when they do stuff like this, it's just like this is just silly. So that's my thoughts. Steve, you're good at remembering all these kinds of details and stuff. Can you tell us what the galactic barrier is? Well, to my recollection, the only time it was referenced was in the second pilot in Where No Man Has Gone Before. And they, I don't recall the motivation for going into it, but it resulted in these various people with extrasensory perception they started started they started going crazy and their eyes turned all white and you had gary mitchell and all this business i don't remember why they approached or felt like they had to do it but i did note that they tried to make the special effects look like a new version of approaching the galactic barrier in that episode so you know that, that was fun that, but that's kind of one of those nuggets that they throw in to appeal to us, you know, who remember those things and be consistent and whatnot, you know, but... What is in Star Trek V? That's not the galactic barrier. What is it that they go through? They call it something different. Um, the Great Barrier. The Great Barrier, because it's the center of the galaxy, not the edge of the galaxy. Okay. Yeah. It's it's all just, you know, I don't think it's... What, what we know is the center of the galaxy is a black hole, you know, Sagittarius A, which is kind of silly. Too. Maximilian Schnell, is that... Is that who's at the center of the galaxy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is this episode about? What I took from it was what I was mentioned earlier. You know, there you you have these characters. They've paired up these characters that have a common goal, but don't know how to get to it, and they work out their differences to get to that common goal. You you see that with um, Burnham and the president, and you obviously see that with Booker and Tark. Um, you know, then you have the the interpersonal connections, obviously, with Saru and the president. So, to me, I, I I took out of this is like they're 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 pairing people to work through their differences. You know, Saru Saru and the the president are it's kind of like different. You know, they're different species. You know, one's you know obviously Vulcan and doesn't have emotion, and then you have Saru who's who's very much guided by emotions and his sensory. So the, you, that's uh, that's kind of how I look at. It. You have these people from different points of views and different places that come together to meet a common goal. That might be a stretch, but that's kind of what I took from it. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I see that that would be something uh, you know to focus on, and maybe that would have worked better if they were cut out, like you were saying, all of those prison sequences because those don't have anything to do with anything and it's just the same old same old so i'm not sure they had a cognitive you know they were cognizant of actually a direction in this episode but th that that is true that they are uh reiterating this notion of opposite sides working together a lot i think that's probably on purpose you know try to make a statement but it's it's so it gets bogged down in in the um 
the techno babble and the unnecessary convoluted nature of the plot, unfortunately, it kind of gets lost. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you, Brian. Like thinking about it, I think it might have been better with Book and, and Tarka. Maybe just touched on like, oh, this is where I went to prove maybe one flashback, but maybe have them have to fight it out with whoever was on that planet. And that would have created a bond for them, too. I don't know. I didn't write it, so that would have been more interesting. It wouldn't have felt so cheap either, only going to this to this one room if we only went there once or even twice. But I don't know. All right, let's do Six Degrees for the Galactic Barrier. I was going to ask about the title, Where No Man Has Gone Before, but Steve said it, so now I'm going to make it harder. Mm. Steve, the Galactic Barrier was first mentioned in Where No Man Has Gone Before. Just last week, we lost one of the stars of that episode, one of the actors, the actress. What was her name? (laughs) I sent it to you guys. Neither one of you responded to my text, by the way. It's oh, like, gosh. well, I guess they don't give a poop, do they? <laughs> oh, geez. It's on the tip of my tongue. Now, now you wish you'd read the, uh, the uh, yes. obituary I sent you. I do. Damn it. So she, I know what she's, uh, all she's famous for. and Yeah, she's most famous probably for MASH. But yeah, yeah. I remember in um, that Ronnie Dangerfield movie, Back to School. You guys remember that one? That movie's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an S. Uh, Sally Kellerman. Yes, sir. You got it. Sally Kellerman. Very good. Yep. She she uh, she passed away last week. Yeah. Um, we will miss her. I saw her many times at conventions over the years. She was always very kind. All right. Uh, Steve has one. Moving on. Rosetta, season four, episode eleven. Original release date March third, two thousand twenty-two. Directed by Jeff Bird and Jim McGowan. Written by Terry Hughes Burton. Guest cast include Shane Doyle as Ruan Tarka, Shella Horsdahl as Laura Rillick, Tara Rosling as Tarina, Erijin Kenazawa as Hiraj, Fumzil Sitol as Nadoye, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwakchun as Gen Reese, Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Oshkun, Sarah Midich as Nilsson, Raven Dauda as Tracy Pollard, and David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus. <laughs> Safely through the galactic barrier and with less than 29 hours until the dark matter anomaly strikes United Earth and Navarre, Captain Burnham ponders how to get into Species 10C's hyperfield and find a way to communicate with them. To further those goals, Discovery visits the dead planet located near 10C's current coordinates. Hidden nearby, Book and Tarka theorize about ways to penetrate the 10C's hyperfield, eventually settling on a secretly attaching their cloaked vessel to Discovery. We're feeling love and safety here in the nursery. But outside, where so many of them died, we experienced panic and fear, like they must have. In Kelpian and human biology are significantly different. But these hydrocarbons are affecting us almost identically. Maybe some emotions are universal. If true, that would connect us all in quite a profound way. But I do not yet see how we might make use of this for first contact. Neither do I. But there is something here. This episode, there's the, that right step shot at the beginning. Can't you see that on SNL and like hearing people laughing? It's just, it's yep. just too yep. much. There's just a little bit. Mm, no, mm. We're get, kind of getting to that point. Discovery's got to save the universe. We need a 10 second right step shot. And the uniforms to go with it. 
the black. Those those uniforms they kind of reminded me of the mirror universe yeah, that's uniforms, except maybe without some of the medals or something. Was that just me? I thought the same. I was like, what are they doing with these black uniforms? Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. I get sick of too many uniforms. Yeah, I mean, what, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, it, the other the previous episode wasn't like weeks before this one. I was kind of like, wait a minute, did they just? In the five minutes between episodes, they ran and <laughs> changed, or what? What? Uh, okay, I need to stop knocking this one and let Adam kick us off on Rosetta. Rosetta. So obviously, they got through the galactic barrier. Um, we just assume that um, Book and Tarka got through it unscathed because they're on the other side of the galactic barrier after they picked up their programmable antimatter. Um, so we're on the. I'll start off with the positive. The effects are awesome. I I like the science behind this. I like the you know the gas giant that has collapsed and there was a civilization on there. There's these, the Dyson thing. Yeah, the Dyson sphere. It's not exactly a Dyson sphere. It's just got the the rings around it. That was super cool to see. So I I really enjoyed the the sciencey aspects of it. The alien species that isn't just a human with a forehead thing you know yeah. i mean they're they're really alien yeah i mean even though we haven't quite seen them yet but they're they're distinctly different right so the part of the episode that i did enjoy was on this get you know this this hauled out gas giant there are it's and you know it's, it's something that we've seen you know hundreds of times in star trek but i'll give them credit they did something different they they had a different planet it's not just some m-class planet that they can beam down to and they can breathe this is you know this used to be a gas this used to be like jupiter and it had creatures in it and it had structures at the center of it you know if you know anything about jupiter or anything like that that's like insane and you know all the gas is gone and all that's left is the core so i thought that was a really cool way to do something new for you know an away mission and i i like that the you know it was different how the you know these pheromones or this dust is affecting them letting them see you know because that that was to me that was kind of a cool mystery is like are they is this is this affecting Saru telepathically? You know, so I I thought it was kind of a good mystery down there because you don't really know, and it's not really that evident as as a viewer. So I enjoyed that, and then the, and the site, you know, like oh, this dust is from here, so you see horror. This dust is from here, and these are all these creatures. This is how they communicate. So I thought that was that was nifty, if you will. Now we go to the B side of the story where I, I think I was complaining about it a little bit with Book and Tarka. This convoluted plan that they're going to, you know, succeed this time and then destroying the DMA, and somehow they're going to attach themselves to Discovery without anybody knowing, going into the ship without anybody knowing, and then you know we have this this general from Earth who is you know has become not very likable. So, like I said, I I really enjoyed half the episode. The other half of the episode, I just kind of muddled through yeah you know the previous episode had the the, the prison flashbacky stuff that i was like eh. yeah i kind of agree some of the sciencey stuff and once they're the away team parts it, you know some of it i did feel like we've seen before but there's enough in there that it kept my interest i, I like that more than anything else we're talking about today but yeah every time it cut back to the ship Booker and Tarkas plan is so elaborate and, and when you think about why and the point it's just so silly it's so kind of dumb. I mean, it's like, Booker, you guys just did this. There's At the end of it, you know, and especially at the end of the episode when Book's on outside the ready room in the in a, in a Jeffrey's tube or whatever, and he's like, wants to hear, um, just go tell her. Just go work with her. I don't, this, it's, it's, you've passed the point where there should be a conflict between these two, and it's, it's, it's gone on too long. Well, we talk about those, those nonsensical parallels. When Book approaches the Earth president, 
she says something like, you and Tarka have to give diplomacy a chance to work. And he says, okay, I promise I will. That's exactly what they did say and then didn't do before. I mean, it's just, it's nonsensical. But no, this is another one of those things where it's like, here, I wrote it down. Tarka and Book will beam onto Discovery to install a patch to allow them to secretly have their ship hitch a ride on Discovery when it goes. There. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't want to care. It's silly. Right. Uh, we, Steve, uh, correct us. No, no, it's 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 also manufactured. The you know they just basically it's like they want to get everyone in this certain place, and then they just write this mess to get them to that place, and they then they just start over again and ten minutes later to get to that next place. That the whole thing is like this, you know. The yeah, I agree that the some of the concepts are interesting, and that's it, you know. And then they they write all this crap around it, and they're, they you just don't feel anything for it. It just becomes plodding along, tiresome nonsense unfortunately you know and um and yeah the, the book book tarka stuff it's it gets to be like uh, almost like some kind of old-fashioned comedy duo dropped into scenarios or something i felt like it's like abbott and costello meet frankenstein or abbott and costello go to the moon or whatever you know you get these guys and they just do the same routine because they never learn anything and they put them in this scenario and this scenario and this scenario and it's just it's ridiculous i mean Anyway, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. It's just, it's kind of nothing, you know, it's like some science ideas and some concepts without, without a point, without a reason. It's like, they just have to fill in this many episodes and they're just making up stuff to stretch it out or something. I, yeah. I hope it gets somewhere, you know, but it's. Manufactured is a good way. There was that scene where the, the president goes to that, that new rep that actually he's the. He's, the linguist or whatever he is, I guess. Japanese. Uh, he seems cool. He's got a cool look, and I like the way he speaks. Stuff. His character actually seems a little different and interesting. I'd like to see something more there. But anyway, President goes to him, and she's like, you need to learn more to show more attack. And I think her next line was, and now is the best time for me to discuss this with you since Earth is about to be destroyed. And he's like, wait, what? Really? We're cutting away so we can see that. And she's taking the time to do that. Really? That's what would happen? <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be, you know, six weeks later after they'd saved the universe that she might. Yeah. No, it's now. It's right now. Is what she's I, I know it's a kind of a minor point, but I wrote this down. I'm like, you know, when Tarka and Book got on the, oh, this this whole deck is cleared. I'm like, didn't they load the ship up with like ambassadors and linguists and stuff? How could you have like a completely empty deck on mm-hmm. a starship <laughs> doing some remodeling? It's like, expected to see the, the paint drops. <laughs> This level is under construction. <laughs> yeah, the the problem is is like it's tone and pace, right? When you have something that's so urgent and so big, we we know from real life what stuff happens. Like we maybe we didn't have this thing where the world's going to end, and we all have experienced that. But you know, we've had we've had stuff that happens, right? And it's not like that. People don't take time out for a soliloquy and reflect on their past, and and then say, yeah, well, that's like me and and my childhood or something i mean that's not real you know and so it it, it just cheapens everything and and makes it feel wrong you know yeah you know, i will give detmer when she does has talk talks about her childhood or whatever her her dad and stuff they were basically high i'll give him credit for that one i'll say that's okay although it is kind of weird that they like very consciously decide to allow themselves to get high <laughs> seems like a weird time to do that but <laughs> So I'll 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 give her credit. That's okay. And I and I will also actually say while I'm bringing up Detmer, I feel like we've or I've said this several times this season where they've given these bridge people a real chance to shine. 
And uh, for the most part, I think it's I think it's served them well and it's worked out. And I thought I thought she was I thought she was good. I actually really liked that bit with her pairing her up with um, Tall. That was interesting. Uh, it was it's a, a little bit out of nowhere, but you know that was interesting. So yeah, giving you know Detmer this this chance to shine a little bit, it was cool. I like the scene at the end, you know, with the doc, and you know he's talking about how he's not well, still not well with Burnham. That was a good scene. I don't know. I I felt like Burnham. This is just a personal kind of character observation, which I guess is, you know, a positive thing for the show that I'm not that I'm that I'm saying I feel like I know this character so well, and she's so fleshed out and real that I wasn't sure this is how she would have really really acted but i felt like her immediately saying how could you be okay you know we've all been through a lot it had the opposite of the intended effect i feel like it it seemed almost like dismiss what he was saying or or not give it enough weight well i liked it because he she gave him you know it was okay to feel like you know I, I kind of took it the opposite way. I kind of yeah. it was it was quick because it's you know it's that last little scene at the end of the episode. It's one of those things that they could have cut out some of the book and Tarka's, you know, adventures and maybe given that a, another minute or two of. Oh God! Don't say it like that. You're going to give them ideas. They're going to spit off that new show. <laughs> oh boy! The adventures of Book and Tarka coming next year. Paramount Plus. It's going to be an animated show. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that you know when you start identifying those kind of things, like Burnham's reaction to Culber in that scene, and how it's a little different, and that is consistent with how she was earlier in the episode with something that happened with Detmer too. You know, in terms of she was saying that she, I don't know, somewhere in there, she was apologizing for being emotional in some place, and she kind of like she was trying to be loose about it, and it's like, oh, don't you even say that or something I'm like that. That's not a deal. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. You can tell the whole episode was written by, you know, a certain person or certain team versus another mm-hmm. one, you know, because there's these subtle things that where the character acts a little differently than what you're used to in other episodes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably more in the last episode, but I, I, I actually did notice the captain was a woman. The president was a woman. The helmsman was a woman. And um, the navigator was a woman all on the bridge of, uh, I, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I did. I don't. I don't know if they all been on the on the deck together. Maybe in a few, few previous episodes, but I don't know. I just thought it was um, uh, a nice moment for Star Trek. What is this episode about? Well, I'm going to talk about the good side of the episode. I don't know what they were doing with the B story, um, but what I kind of found what they were trying to say in trying to learn about this these creatures, these ten Cs, and they had to work together, and they kind of had to overcome. Um, and, and that's kind of what Star Trek is a lot about. You know, they're down there trying to prevent a war, but they also want to learn as much about the species as they can. They're motivated by self-preservation, preservation, obviously. But I think those are common themes that we can that we see in Star Trek and um, in a lot of episodes. And I, th- I think that was the strength of this episode is like, um, you know, it was a different group that was put together to go down in a really unique environment that we haven't seen in Star Trek before. So um, I think that's what they were trying to say loosely. I, I think that's an interesting notion. Kind of like, I mean, I, I, if you had to pick something, it's like, I like that idea, you know, where the, the, the notion of time out in a scenario where somehow finding the, finding the time, making the time to dig deeper and prepare yourself versus flying headlong into whatever it is. I just, I just wish they would have, you know, cognitive, cognizantly 
approached it in that way. So some of the some of the fluff and the tiresome stuff would have been set aside. You could spend more time on the moments that you know that focused on that idea. I think we can all agree. I've, the book and once they failed with the DMA, they should have just dropped that storyline, and they would have had more time to spend on the 10C and you know more Star Trekky stuff that we like instead of this convoluted plot on the other side to to undermine what what his girlfriend's doing it's just it's it's weird yep adam let's do six degrees for rosetta saru says he hasn't felt fear like this since his vaharai that was the episode of noble for charon what season was that that would have been season dose yes sir season two uh, my questions are just too easy for you guys now. You know why? Because I'm not really able to do six degrees. You know, this actor played this person and this actor played this person. Leave out hard I'm one. having to do just general trivia questions because unlike all the other Star Trek shows that were made next to each other a long time ago, they haven't had a, they haven't built up that repertoire yet. Five shows into the new Star Trek shows, I'm sure there'll be reason people. But it's a short list right now. So my questions are too easy. Now, if I'd asked for the name of that episode, an noble for... Sharon. I probably that would have been a tougher question. Yeah, I probably yeah. would have gotten okay. it wrong. That's what I should have done. But everybody's a winner. Every, everybody's a winner here, whether you get the question right or wrong. You know? Yeah, We're sure. All winners. Everybody gets a star. Everybody <laughs> gets a star. Picard season two premiered last week. I enjoyed watching that. You guys watch it? I have not seen it yet. I haven't yet. I'm anxious to see it. Just trying to make the time. Yeah. I wanted to mention um, this Saturday. Did you guys hear about this 10 forward thing in LA? Once again, we get the cool stuff in LA. Sorry, sucks to be you guys. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas City and Chicago. Well, see, I say that, but Chicago has a convention coming up soon, don't they? So this, this 10 forward thing, did you hear about it? I have not. Okay, so they, well, you haven't watched Picard's season. I don't think it's a big spoiler to say there's a sequence when they sort of go to 10 forward? Her new club. Oh, God. And uh, they, re- they created that. And it was funny because I saw the pictures of this thing here in LA before I saw the episode. And now I've seen the episode, I was like, well, this looks just like it. I can't wait. This is going to be great. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to that on Saturday night. That'll be fun. And they're going to have, um, obviously, it's all Star Trek stuff. But in addition to the bar, of course, and the food and stuff, of course, there is a merchandise shop that is going to have Star Trek merch that is only ever going to be sold at this thing. Of course, uh, I have no idea what that is. For all I know, it's a t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, this gets fun. And, and it's been so long, honestly. It's been, um, we're a few days shy of two years since the lockdown here in L.A. So they just lifted the mask mandate last week for most stuff. This is kind of going to be my first time going out like this, really. So You going on your own? It's or? cool. No, I'm going with my girl. Cool. She enjoys, you know, the alcohol is a big part of this. You, you pay to get in and it includes a meal and I think some alcohol and stuff. And they have all these different Star Trek alcohols. I'm sure I'll taste a sip, but I generally don't drink, so. But, you know, hey, if you're in L.A., it's going for 10 days, I think. It's like a weekend and a week and a weekend, something like that. So I'm going on the first weekend here. Nice. If you see a, if you see a cool glass, uh, pick me up something. I can add it to my bar, my new bar in the basement. Cool. Yeah, I didn't think about <laughs> it, but you're right. That's probably the kind of thing they might have. That'd be cool. Yeah, very good. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully on our next podcast, I can give you guys a 10 forward report. Did we cover the movie? Um news last time i don't recall uh we did because i expressed my skepticism that this was any different from any number of other false starts and i'll believe it when they when they roll there was a you remember me talking about at the skirball they had the um the star trek exhibit 
that finally closed, but the weekend before it closed, they did have a bunch more, they had a bunch of screenings and they had talent come. I didn't have time to go, but my buddy went and, um, Sinequa Martin Green was there doing a Q and a episode, uh, after an episode of, uh, discovery. See, LA is where it's at, man. I love LA. Yeah. Well, we're going to be back in two weeks to finish Discovery's fourth season, and we're looking forward to that. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us, and until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.